You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture this morning comes to us from two different places. First, from the Gospel of Mark in chapter 1, verses 4 through 11, including the description of John the Baptist that we just talked about in the children's sermon. So let us hear as we read from the Good News Translation. I invite you to page 47 in your pew Bibles if you'd like to follow along with this first reading. John appeared in the desert baptizing and teaching. Turn away from your sins and be baptized, he told the people, and God will forgive your sins. Many people from the province of Judea and the city of Jerusalem went out to hear John. They confessed their sins and he baptized them in the Jordan River. John wore clothes made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. He announced to the people, The man who will come after me is much greater than I am. I'm not even good enough to bend down and untie his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Not long afterward, Jesus came from Nazareth in the province of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As soon as Jesus came up out of the water, he saw heaven opening and the Spirit coming down on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my own dear Son. I am pleased with you. And we're going to jump over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 on page 242 of your pew Bibles and hear these, these words from the Apostle Paul starting in chapter, in chapter 5 verse 17. Paul writes to the church, When anyone is joined to Christ, he is a new being. The old is gone and the new has come. All this is done by God who through Christ changed us from enemies into his friends and gave us the task of making others his friends also. Our message is that God was making all humankind his friends through Christ. God did not keep an account of their sins and he has given us the message which tells how he makes them his friends. Here we are then speaking for Christ as though God himself were making his appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf. Let God change you from enemies into his friends. Christ was without sin, but for our sake, God made him share our sin in order that in union with him, we might share the righteousness of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our Redeemer, and we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, Amen. So I don't know if you've seen this around, but it's everywhere right now. It is all over our social media, it's all over our advertising, and it may even be something that you have said yourself. Welcome to the start of the new year and our once again promise of new year, new me. And I don't want you to mishear me. I'm not being disparaging to people that say that or think that. I think I've said it or thought it at one time or another. But the reality is, is that we're in this start of the year where we are prone to making resolutions. Making little promises to ourselves and maybe even sharing with those that love us most about how 2024 is going to be the year where we change something. It may be a major change, it might be a minor change, but we make these resolutions. And according to a poll done by Forbes, the most popular 
um, New Year's resolutions are around physical fitness, financial health, and mental health. Less popular ones are around traveling more or putting in a better effort at work. I was scrolling TikTok a couple of days ago and saw a waitress sharing a story from one of her tables where the person that they had served um, made the resolution to try 10 new cheese varieties in the year of 2024. And on New Year's Day, they went to a wine and cheese party, and so they were nine cheeses in to their resolution on the second day of January. They made a resolution, and they were going to keep it. Cheese varieties notwithstanding, the statistics on people keeping their New Year's resolution can only be described as bleak. 39% of adults make New Year's resolutions. 9% keep their resolutions all year. 80% of New Year's resolutions are forgotten by February and 46% of New Year's resolutions are forgotten about in the first six months of a new year. And by the way, the most popular day of the week to drop your New Year's resolution, does anyone have a guess? Sad, I'm hearing some Saturday, but it's actually Friday. Going into the weekend, you made that resolution to, uh, to eat better, but that tray of nachos is just sitting there and... Well, then it's just kind of all bets off from there on. I don't want you to get me wrong. I think resolutions are a good idea. I think resolutions are a fine task. I think that there is value in trying to eat better or sleep better or learn a new skill or perform better at our job. These are all good things. And if you're a part of the 38% of adults that make New Year's resolutions, please know that we, your church, are rooting for you, right? We're going to root for each other, right? All of our resolutions will hopefully make us better. And being better is good. But in the lives of our faith, there's a pastor named Nadia Boldsweber who serves a congregation in, in Denver called the House for All Sinners and Saints. And one day she said to her congregation that God is not as interested in making us better as God is in making us new. God is not necessarily interested in making us better. God is in the business of making us new. And in the waters of our baptism, a great number of God's people have found a way to be made new. In Mark's gospel, John the Baptist, John the Baptizer, in the spirit of the prophets of, Isaiah's, of Israel's past, appeared in the wilderness and began proclaiming repentance, began proclaiming a need to change one's life and a need for one to get baptized. And John's proclamation of baptism led to people confessing their sin and then repenting, changing their lives. Literally, to repent means to turn around and they were going to follow God and follow after God's ways. And I want you to know that this idea of baptism was not altogether unfamiliar to the people of God to that point, was not unfamiliar in the Hebrew world because they had their ritualistic cleansing rituals that they performed before going into temple. But the baptism that John was proclaiming and the baptism that we've experienced maybe or are about to experience is bigger. It's different. Because ritualistic cleansing would make you right with God for a time. 
maybe even the average time of a New Year's resolution. But baptism, the baptism that John was proclaiming, that John was inviting people into, the baptism is a whole life transformation. Baptism is not something that makes us better. Baptism is something that makes us new. But as we're told in our scripture this morning and as we celebrate today, all of this took on a whole new gravity. All of this took on a whole new importance when Jesus himself came down to the waters, insisting that he too must submit to the waters of baptism. And what I find so interesting is that John's been proclaiming this baptism for the repentance of sins, and here comes Jesus. Why? Of what does he need to repent? There really is nothing, by the way. There's, there's no answer to that question. Jesus is the sinless Savior, and he came to the waters of baptism not to repent of any sin, but to be made new in an entirely new way. This is a life-changing moment in Jesus' ministry. Think of it this way. We know very little of Jesus growing up. We know very little of Jesus' adolescent life. We know that Jesus was born. We know that Jesus was presented in the temple on the eighth day in accordance with Jewish custom. We know that when Jesus was 12, he got lost in the temple and sat among the most learned men of Israel and baffled them with his wisdom. And that's really all we know. Because the story goes from Jesus at age 12 to now he is an adult appearing in the wilderness with John and submitting to the waters of baptism. We know very little of his life moving up to this point, but what I find so compelling is that we know almost everything about what happens next. Because what happens next is the whole of the gospel story. And so no matter what happened in those times that we don't know about, we can be sure that this baptism was a huge turning point in Jesus' life. Because in the waters of baptism, Jesus leaves behind his whole old life and enters into a new chapter. Jesus, in the waters of baptism, embraces this focus on sharing the good news of God's kingdom. He embraces God's call in his life to bring healing and hope wherever he goes. Jesus is empowered to perform miracles and to raise the dead and to challenge the religious status quo of the day that had no room for the very heart of God. In the waters of baptism, Jesus leaves behind everything unknown and embraces the well-known path that God had in mind for his life to begin with. And what I find so interesting is that in submitting to the waters of baptism, Jesus has, been, has paved the way for us to be made new in this same real and lasting way. Jesus shows us what it means to be changed and invites us into the waters with him. Just as the waters of baptism changed his life, so too does baptism change our lives. 
because in baptism we become united with Christ. And as Paul tells the church in Corinth, anyone who is joined with Christ is a new being. You're a new creation. And the old has passed away. In baptism, my friends in Christ, in baptism, we are not made better. But rather, we are made new. And that change lasts longer than any New Year's resolution. Even if I resolve to eat better or limit my screen time or cook more at home or read more books, even if I resolve those things and then do none of those things, I'm still baptized. God is still working within me. God is proving that grace still works. And so abandoning our resolutions and falling short of our plan should not give us self-doubt, but should rather instill in us a reminder of our need of God. We stand in the need of God's grace every moment of every day, and the same God who created us is the same God who continues to work within us to recreate us, to renew us, to reform us, so that we may be united with Christ. We become those that are serving alongside Jesus, united in mission with him. And just as Jesus' baptism was this pivotal moment when he has this renewed focus on proclaiming the kingdom, may our baptismal remembrance today refresh and renew our spirits. May we lay claim to our belovedness in God's sight and our worthiness of these waters. May these waters of baptism unite us to Jesus so that we may become one in mission with him, one in mission with the one who went from the waters into the world to proclaim the kingdom, to bring healing and wholeness to the broken world, and to renew the hope of all those around us. In the waters of our baptism, we have not been made better, but rather we have been made new. And this is no mere resolution that we can give up on some random Friday in March. This is the reality that we now live. Would you pray with me? Risen and reigning Christ, we give you thanks that you gave us the model of baptism that you showed us the way and that you have become for us the way and the truth and the life. Help us to live in the power of our baptismal vows in the power of these waters and let us renew our baptism and in so doing renew our commitment to be on mission and in mission aligned with you, aligned with your desire and your heart for all of humankind. Empower us to live lives that become the gospel so that all may know your love and care. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. 
Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.